All right. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Letter of Law Interviews. My name is Sarthak Bharadwaj and in the 12th episode of this interview series, I'm absolutely delighted, thrilled and so very excited to be in conversation with Mr. Mayank Sapra. Uh Mayank sir is a lawyer based out of Delhi. He practices primarily at the Supreme Court, the Delhi High Court and various other tribunals. Other than that, he also actively takes up a lot of pro bono works and engages with students such as this conversation by way of moot courts and a lot of other things um there's a lot more to sir's professional achievements and credentials which i'll be happy to talk about later in the interview but right now before we start there's one small little story that i want to share with everyone of how i first met sir um back in 2019 i got to do my first ever national moot court competition where i had the great opportunity to argue before my young sir and though my performance left much to be desired for that experience was exhilarating the way sir grills you the way he asks questions and the way he conducts the entire court it's the experience of a lifetime changed my entire perspective on mooting and i was hooked and ever since that day i just knew i had to get my young sir on the show and today we are happy to i mean i'm doing this i'm so happy I'm also very happy that this time I'm the one asking the questions and not sir. <laughs> so, Mayank <laughs> sir, thank you so much for taking the time out and being here with me. Thank you. Thank you so much Sarthak. Uh, I must confess that uh, you know I was telling this to you earlier and I think I still maintain that one this is a great amount of exaggeration about uh, you know my so called achievements because I don't think there are much and the second part is that uh, uh, in respect of the moot court that you speak of okay you must know that you were one of the highest scored uh, you know participants in that round at least so uh, so to be fair uh, uh, you shouldn't have all this grudge with me <laughs> <laughs> no no these aren't grudges at all sir these are these... in fact i i was speaking with my other teammates and other people that i met during that moot everyone was in awe of you and uh, i'm sure when this episode comes out people will be excited to hear your thoughts on this so uh, let's get started excited. sir excited yeah yeah please please go ahead sir excited i'm i'm unsure about that but uh, yeah surprised for sure like, okay <laughs> <laughs> you're very kind and humble sir yes. so 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 to start this off why don't you introduce yourself to us a little bit you know just uh, how you first got interested in law what you're doing right now where you went to law school and anything that you feel describes who you are i see uh, basically uh, you know i'm a lawyer who who ended up being one by accident it may uh, in the sense that i was never never wanting to be to be a lawyer from the very beginning and uh, this is something you know in the sense that it, it might sound cliched and i think i've said it some place else as well that you know i i was back in uh, back in school so and uh, you know i was very bad at science in the sense that till 10th i was i was doing fine for myself so much so that my parents were confident hamara bachcha iit but uh, unfortunately for them that did not happen right and uh, uh, you know in some somewhere in my 12th i think i realized that uh, you know i'm just not meant to uh, you know calculate the elasticity by pulling off a monkey's tail okay so there is this very famous uh, uh, you know question that comes in physics 
I I was very bad at it. That you know, if you are standing beneath a pole, and then there is a monkey on that pole, and it has a tail which is reaching you. If you you know sort of uh, you know if you sort of pull the tail of that monkey, the elasticity of it. Okay, what is the elasticity? How do you calculate the elasticity? Now. very frankly my question even back then was am i a fool okay to to you know to sort of pull the tail of a monkey the monkey will come and bite me and i was never able to sort of take out the elasticity or whatever there is <laughs> so that's how that's how bad i was at science now in respect of going into law school uh, so you know it was mostly uh, Uh, mostly on account of inspiration by my cousin sister who by then had uh, uh, had joined NUJS Kolkata so so she was she she really encouraged me to take these exams of course uh, you know in the first shot i i i i don't remember if i'd missed clat or i gave clat and i could not clear it but the second second time i you know because the first year i i i gave these i gave these exams and ip was one of them in as much as i had the rank to uh, to go for amity and uh, yeah maybe just amity but then i ended up in uh, uh, vivekanand institute yeah. of professional studies because it was closer to my house then and my father said that no 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 you've got to be very serious about this and uh, you know uh the, so because if if we send you all the way to noida but there is every possibility that the bachcha bigad jayega so that's how i did not right in fact so yeah it, yeah no that's very interesting in fact i was reading in another interview that you did for nlu odisha's uh, alumni association and you know just that you before yes. moving to nlu you had a brief stint at vips now i am also studying in vips yes. and i'm really excited to know how it was like back then in in 2008 9 now of course we have a campus and everything but back then in your time what was it like also just one more point you had written so, that you had a great time yes. there so i really yes. want to know how how did you have a great time at vips i haven't been able to have it for the last 3 years <laughs> so so i'll tell you what i'll tell you what see uh it's it, it needs to be seen in a context okay yeah. it needs to be seen in the context because i was coming from a background where i had struggled a lot uh, with my subjects okay and i was very excited about law school okay now vips this is in 2008 okay so in 2008 it was it was it used to it you it used to have its small campus uh, in it wasn't a campus as such it used to have some sort of a uh, you know a temporary arrangement in motinagar okay oh. and there used to be the small building which was otherwise uh, or you know uh, before that it was owned by a computer academy and somehow vips got got that and then you know they had so i still remember that on the ground floor of vips there used to be a godown of dhl okay okay and uh, oh. and it is only from the first floor second floor third floor and all that you know classes used to be held and you know you used to have two uh, you used to have two courses running simultaneously one was this bjmc another one was law and uh, believe me i had the time of my life in the sense that uh, uh, you know i made some really good friends in vips 
and you know who are friends till date by the way wow. right some um, uh, some really great memories like you know whatever you like i actually went in at least so i presume i went in as a little mature individual you know five things not to do when you enter law school so when i went to nlu odisha i knew what five uh, things i did uh, not want to do so <laughs> so yeah because uh, there have been so I'll, i'll give you i'll give you one example sure. okay? and it's a very sure. very funny example others i can't give okay? because ultimately we are referring to students so yeah. i don't want to you know <laughs> if i can't be a role model let me not be the other way around okay, <laughs> okay. So, so so there was this incident and uh, miss uh, shilpa babbar khatri mm-hmm. okay so it was her class okay and i remember distinctly that it was a friday okay uh, she was teaching us sociology and uh, you know some 5 10 minutes before before her class it you know my friends you know we all planned okay we are going out for a movie now some miscommunication took place and all of us were supposed to meet you know inside the classroom and then you know maybe go so some of my friends they ended up going to the car directly like one of my friends had the car and they ended up going to the car directly and uh, you know he gives me a call where are you where are you and uh, uh, i said no i'm waiting for you guys like i'm in the car like oh shit and uh, you know i i immediately start running out okay to notice that miss khatri is coming in okay and then i had no choice but to return to the classroom and she could see the disappointment on my face and believe me like i still maintain she is one of the better teachers i've still you know had the privilege of studying under right so uh, so then she looks at me and she she had a very humane quality okay and uh, so swing out for some reason i said uh, ma'am uh, maybe so maybe you guys are going in for a movie i guess and uh, i said yes ma'am okay then you please uh, then you please go there's no difficulty with that And, and i ended up actually going for that movie that's how uh shameless we were <laughs> <laughs> no but so, I, i do agree so, I mean, yeah, so yeah go ahead sir sorry there was some so, lag please i mean yes so so what i'm saying was that uh, you know that's how that's how the that's how the life was at the time at least in the first few months at wips because uh, i i often say this and uh, i've maintained it that you know for 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 the first 2 3 months my attendance at wips was 100% like i used to have a 100% attendance till the gate wow inside the classroom it was 33% okay <laughs> so 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 when i say that when i went to nlu odisha i was a different person altogether this is what i mean five things not to do when you enter law school <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> makes sense but then sir in nlu odisha when you went there it was a relatively new law school and uh, yes. the moot court society was still developing and i was reading how professor mustafa back then when uh, he was yes. the vc there he hand picked you and then you became right. the first ever convener and now nlu odisha has a very formidable moot court society moot court society their teams do really well all across right um, so right. but i i really want to know from you how was it like for you when you know there was an really a mooting culture in the college and you were setting it up so how was that like and you have also mooted across the spectrum you've done some great moots so how was your entire mooting experience like in law school 
so i think i'll answer that in two parts the first thing is that you know how the mootic culture ultimately got developed and the second part is how i ended up uh, mooting right so uh, uh, so you see when we went in uh, it was obviously we were the first batch right so um, now professor mustafa is a very dynamic individual a very dynamic professor if you ever end up listening to one of his lectures yeah. okay realize you know how how brilliant he is in his subject right and almost in most other subjects to be yeah. very fair to him yeah. now uh this whole process actually took place in the sense that they they said that okay whoever wants to because it was only one batch at the time this is 2009 by the way so he said that okay you know we'll we'll pick up a few individuals and you know whoever wants to apply with their with whatever you know whatever you feel would be an appropriate cv for this purpose so you apply along with that i did that now this is where by the way wips experience comes into picture because i had done a moot court in wips by then okay and uh, it was I, we had been successful to an extent that i don't know if it was an intercity moot or it was a national moot i can't remember i think it's called rk jain memorial moot okay okay and we were runners up Wow. So, 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 so I don't know if R K Jain is a, or at least at that point was a national level moot or what is the deal. I I can't remember. So I I knew how the whole process takes place. Okay, I may be good, I may be bad, but I knew how the process takes place. And this is what I ended up exhibiting before Professor Mustafa because see, one, it was of course, uh, that you know he interviewing you personally. asking you why is it that you want to become a convener and what is it that you bring to the table the second part is you explaining it to the people who who are already you know who've already become members of the moot court uh, you know moot court committee by then it wasn't named formally by then and then by a show of hands a convener was chosen and that's how i came came to be the convener okay right and uh, then you know in so far as the culture is concerned to be very honest with you uh we try to develop of course what we could in in terms of uh, you know uh sort of encouraging people and talking about moods and because the convener himself was doing moods okay that may have played a very small role to that you know if if this fool can do it then maybe we can do it okay so 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 that may have played some sort of a role i can't guarantee you of course but yes i mean it's it's quite conceivable that that may have played some sort of a role but i i i have to tell you that uh, you know at the time i had great support from the then secretary ms shraddha gupta uh, you know who who of course was a fantastic uh, student back then and she's a fantastic lawyer today right and uh, uh, you know it was It, it 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 would not have been done with without her support at the time so yeah i mean that's of course the first part the second part is with respect to how i ended up mooting uh, is probably because of my interest you know general interest in the sense that uh, uh, i was i was very fond of this one particular exercise that i had done in wips is you know this this whole uh, you know going through the documents maybe devising you know this interplay between law and facts and maybe you know getting a chance to argue 
all these things you know were were something that would really encourage me or you know really give me a kick at the time at least right it, it still happens of course uh, but only with respect to mooting it 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 really was something that would uh, uh, you know that would attract me towards it so uh, i ended up doing close to 10 moots uh, back in law school right and there were occasions when i had done two moots in a semester or maybe wow. two moots i think there was one occasion i'm sorry i i do not i do not have the gift of a very good memory but it could be two moots in one semester or uh, i think it was two moots in one semester <laughs> oh, so wow. so so yeah i mean uh, uh, that's that's how i ended up doing and you know with with every team with every moot you're learning something and if you so much as end up crossing some sort of a hurdle right so you you reach the quarters because the first moot we did we we couldn't uh, really reach anywhere right and uh, this was nlu delhi court law moot and we were given to understand like about 10 days before the moot was actually you know the submission was to take place okay so i represented the first team ever that that went out of uh, nlu nlu o and uh, but uh, it was Uh, naturally you know it was it was a brilliant experience that i had but then uh, you know we had very little time at hand so yeah i mean that's that's the sum and substance i ended up with the mood by the way i ended up doing gh raisoni with the, with a couple of very good friends and uh, uh, you know one of the friends ended up winning uh, best speaker wow. so i think uh, so so i was happy that we ended up on a high yeah. <laughs> if nothing No, that's that's wonderful. And then, sir, um, post law school, you dived right into litigation. So, um, yes. I'm I'm curious to know how did the decision to litigate come about? Did mooting have a role in it, or were your internships to uh, played a role in it? So, how did you decide to litigate? Because from what I see, generally, the culture in NLU is that most students go for a corporate job. Now, I that might not be accurate, but but what was it for you? How did you choose litigation? so to be very honest with you the very reason that i went to an nlu is solely on account of uh, getting that job that you just spoke about okay <laughs> so that's that was my uh, you know initial uh, uh, so to say uh, uh, you know th- that was my uh, that was something uh, that that i i was looking forward to right however during the course of my internships and i ended up working with some very fantastic people right so i i did an internship with uh, you know an advocate on record because that was one internship uh, in in the very first year by the way because uh, one of my professors saw my interest in constitutional law and he said that uh, you know uh, sorry am i audible to you properly yes yes sir there's just some lag but now it's all right Yeah yeah so so you're audible Okay so uh, uh so yeah as i was telling you that uh, you know i ended up doing that internship and uh, the uh, the prof told me that uh, you know i i have a friend who you know who is an advocate on record and maybe i could refer you to him so i was very happy because you know it was coming from uh, professor yogesh pratap singh right okay. who who was very till very recently the registrar of nlu 
and he was very he is you know one of the most regarded uh, professors in constitutional law across the country not only at nlu so thereafter i ended up interning with a gentleman who who used to have his primary practice uh, in the district courts and the high court right and uh, thereafter i interned with firms but even then i i interned with the litigation wing i was by then i i don't know why but i i had developed this inclination that you know this is this part of uh, the field probably interests me a lot more yeah. right uh now mind you till this point i had not made up my mind whether i want to dive into you know the core litigation as in joining a chamber practice i was more of the opinion that you know i want to be uh, be in the litigation wing of a firm and uh, you know do litigation and at the same time make my money yeah so so that was the idea that i had in mind at the time now while i was interning at amarchand and i got like three internships because on one one internship led to another one another one led to another one so uh i was reaching that point where i i would have gotten a ppo right but uh, uh but when they ended up asking me so do you want to work here i don't know why it naturally came out that uh, uh, sir i'm uh, i'm still exploring my options and uh, uh, i think that's where i lost the ppo mm. uh, i i can't be 100% sure on this once again it's once again you know just hunch but yeah. uh, that's how that's that's how i i like to believe that you know that's the reason why it never happened and uh, so yeah i mean and so by the time i graduated the uh, uh, you know i i had been working with amarchand like three internships is you know three opportunities gone in that sense right so i i had only worked with one more firm which was indraneel ghoshan associates once again you know started off by a former fox bundle partner and oh. sir is is an extremely kind mentor like he would like i got to do drafting okay and uh, so <laughs> I I'm sorry I mean I think I I'm digressing a bit no no please uh, go ahead it's okay that's the whole point of this free willing conversation so, so so I had the benefit of uh, you know Mr Samiran Borkatiki who was then a senior associate or a principal associate I can't remember and once again a fantastic mentor and who who I can easily say is a very dear friend okay of course Mr Ghosh I can't say he's a friend but he's certainly a mentor in that regard so i was given multiple opportunities to draft and that sort of strengthened my resolve that okay i want to do litigation for sure that's mm-hmm. that's for sure the only problem was that even after 5 years i didn't have a job so uh, you know it was ridiculous because uh, my father looked at me and uh, you know have you seen gangs of wasepur by any chance yeah yeah I, I have i have right so yeah. my my father looked at me the same way as ramadhir singh looks at chippi uh, uh, and uh, with the exception of you know he holding my chin he said beta to aa lachhan bilkul theek nahi lag rahe hame tumse na ho payega so so that was the problem because five years spent three internships at amarchand two at ig and associates and yet the chap does not have a job how foolish can this chap be so 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 that happened and uh, and uh, yeah then then luckily luckily uh, samiran uh, was approached by somebody uh, who told that there was a vacancy at mr arun kumar verma's chambers right and mr verma eventually went on to become a senior counsel so he was a he was a counsel of repute by then right 
and uh, so i interviewed with mr verma and uh, uh, he seemed he seemed very happy at the time and uh, so i joined his chambers immediately and it 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 made a lot more sense because by then i had uh, developed my inclination towards arbitration and mr verma had a lot of work pertaining mm-hmm. to arbitration so yes so that's how i ended up in litigation that's that's wonderful sir and so okay now i i get a sense of how you um, ended up at this particular chamber but you know now with the benefit of hindsight if you were to give some advice to young law students who are thinking of um, you know developing a chamber practice and they are looking for a chamber to join in so how should someone yes. go about choosing a chamber because i understand for litigation that's very important where you get your start um see sarthak i'll tell you what um even even uh, you know before joining mr verma i had done my research okay in the sense of uh you know what all matters does mr verma have and this is before going for the interview mm-hmm. okay because see ultimately if you're if you're applying to any chamber okay you need to know what does the said gentleman or ma'am do yeah. correct so uh one is that the second thing is what what is it that you know what uh, you know if someone else has interned in their chamber maybe someone else has worked in their chamber then you speak to them i did that exercise to know that you know uh what is sir's expectation from an intern or what is sir's expectation from a junior mm-hmm. right it could have been and obviously mm-hmm. you'll have to look for a former junior maybe a current junior may not be in that position to be able to give you that kind of a frank opinion so you look for a former junior and i got in touch with a couple of them and they all told me that you know sir's idea of working was based on two things that uh you know i can uh, i can condone uh you know i can condone foolishness i cannot condone callousness okay so he could not he would not condone irresponsible behavior he could condone foolishness because you know while when you've just entered the profession um you are bound to make those mistakes so mr verma on my first day by the way he he taught me this and he told me that if you want to learn something in my chamber it's best that you shadow my clerk because the more you shadow the clerk the more you know about the various filing procedures mm. and at some point the clerk will tell you about saab ko kya pasand hai aur saab ko kya pasand nahi now of course the second part mr verma never told me but in the hindsight i do realize that you know this is the reason why he ended up telling me this that go after the clerk if nothing else kam se kam filing seek jao right so so i i suggest this to everybody that if you joining it it could be you know it could be for a firm it could be for uh, you know an in house position it could be for chambers anything my idea is that do a little more research speak to people about them try and understand what is what is the kind of work they do how is it that they you know usually react to be your, to, to you know to to people your age if you know at times people have this thing that you know they don't want to take people say who just crossed from law school or maybe you know there are some chambers who have that policy right so you need to understand that and just get some sort of a background and then go in for that interview when you apply you must have the armory of all of this so that you can put 
one two instances of how you can be beneficial to that office in your application right right so so that's right. that's that's my suggestion and that that goes on for as in that goes well for internship as well as a job uh, uh, you know job application wonderful uh, so thank you thank you for that really uh, comprehensive answer that that has a lot of actionable advice laced uh, in there uh, so sir next question is uh, now you've been an independent counsel for over 2 years if i understand correctly so yes. how did yes. you decide to go independent and when do you think is the right time for a lawyer to go independent and set up his or her own practice okay so so i'll tell you one thing uh, before i answer that that uh, you know as 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 a lawyer in in the course of my practice i have somehow developed this uh, Uh, you know way or modus operandi of thinking in tranches so once again i'd like to answer this question in two parts yes. okay so so the first part would be that you know uh, that what is it uh, that you know why, uh, how did i end up, how did i end up going independent that's one and what what are the things that person should keep in mind before going independent okay so now uh, you see uh, supreme court at least or you know these days most courts have this concept of list of dates okay so the story needs some sort of a completion okay it's it's that list of dates where you put in dates and relevant events in a chronological order so uh, i would like to you know utilize that particular <laughs> that particular uh, uh, you know drafting skill that one has developed so before i went independent i had the privilege of joining miss aparna bhats chambers okay so i didn't want to miss out this particular date for for a particular reason okay and i'll get i'll come to that you'll realize that so uh, so when i joined her chamber uh, and uh, mind you this is after 2 years of my practice and she is an aor in the supreme court okay, okay. now uh, she uh, she viewed me in a car because her supreme court matter ended and uh, she was running to cat and uh, as in cat is central administrative tribunal so the supreme court and central administrative tribunal are you know some 5 minutes away from each other right it's in in the same area in that sense so so uh, she interviewed me in her car and uh, she asked me a few questions and etc etc then uh, you know i i got to working in her chambers now there's a very interesting incident because her chambers uh, are you know when you work with an aor and and somebody who has that kind of an extensive practice as ms bhat does a few few things that you need to keep in mind is that going from maybe an and by the way with with, with mr varma's office i had been exposed to original side practice mm. right so now i'm at the appellate stage okay so this appeal portion is a very different ball game as in supreme court is a very different ball game altogether because miss bhat in probably within my second uh, within my second day or the third day said that mank uh, uh, i've seen uh, you your work okay and uh, you know you'll have to forget your uh, old ways of drafting and you know maybe try and develop a new way and uh, so i wasn't really sure what is she referring to then she actually sat me down to tell me that okay you know you prepare list of dates okay and do it and she gave me you know some file and you know she said that you know you'd start drafting the list of dates and uh, uh, you know then 
then you put it put down your list of dates then you make sure that based on that list of dates you make your slp right which is the special leave petition and uh, ms bhatt is a uh, is 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 a very renowned human rights lawyer right but the so so you know human rights has this thing that you know uh, at least i was attracted to it i i used to love the kind of work she would do you know maybe it it could be something as simple as um, you know challenging a particular ordinance okay in respect of uh, uh, in respect of preventing uh, meat uh, meat suppliers from selling their product okay there was an ordinance somewhere in between it was brought in and it was it was put to challenge etc now now i remember somebody coming uh, to miss bhat's office and uh, miss bhat is a vegetarian and i am i am an exact opposite of that so i eat everything under the sun but so 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 that chap uh, is explaining and by then he's had an opportunity to speak to me and i'd explained him that you know i've gone through your papers etc etc that is how generally you know an office would work so uh, so i told him and he was very impressed that uh, uh, you know that uh, okay you know mayank ji is doing a good job etc etc okay excellent he goes to miss bhat and he's like madam i want to pursue this because i am really uh, you know i have uh, i have a soft corner for animals okay so i don't i want that these regulations should come in and that ordinance had been passed eventually they would have been converted into some sort of regulation so they said that no uh, you know i want the regulations to be there because i really cannot tolerate you know when uh, when animals get killed and uh, aparna ma'am is looking at me because she knows that she is a vegetarian this chap is certainly a vegetarian okay maybe even a vegan and i am not one and he is and you know while he is telling about his soft corner he is saying mayank ji has done a very good job so finally ma'am was compelled to tell him that see mr so and so i can't remember his name now Then, Mr. Sword, so I have to be very candid with you. You know, I am a vegetarian, and yes, I'll be the one arguing the matter. But then, you know, this chap that you're praising, okay, he's a hardcore non-vegetarian. And uh, well, before you came in, I saw him eating prawns. Okay, so so you please be assured. He said, and then then he got like you know he got a shock of his life, like because I I had told him that you know this is. this is a some and substance of your case and it had some narratives that were required to be developed so it's like um okay uh ma'am uh, i think mayank ji is competent ma we'll go ahead with him as long as we get the work done there is no difficulty <laughs> so wow. that's that's something that you know that 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 is something that uh, i learned from her you know that Uh, two three things as a matter of fact one was that when you're dealing with human rights matters okay you have a far greater responsibility and by the way because when you end up doing human rights there is a good possibility that you do not end up getting paid by the client yeah. right so that yeah. also happens because you know so uh, to to give you some sort of an example uh i'm not sure if you recollect this but there was this uh, movie uh that came out with dipika padukone and there was a huge controversy about it uh, lakshmi uh, i don't know i forgot the name of the movie though uh, where she plays the role of an acid attack victim okay this i was right yeah. so ma'am had represented the original uh, uh, you know the original acid attack victim and that is what led to uh, prohibition of 
you know hydrochloric acid and other harmful acids across over the counter right now with victims like that naturally you can't expect any money coming in right so she would always tell me that look uh, you know the responsibility towards human rights and in a human rights matter towards somebody who's not paying you is always greater than somebody who's paying you okay because and there is a reason for that that because when somebody pays you they feel that okay now some sort of a contract has been entered and i have some sort of a right or remedy against you for somebody who's not paid you okay is always living in the guilt that you know that that she never asked for any money so there is no there is no particular question or reason as to why i want to question her or her modus operandi or the way in which she is conducting you know the case i understand yeah so so uh, i feel that's you know that's where and uh, uh you know by then uh by then i uh, as in people would approach me right that if you can uh, you know maybe appear here or here or something 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 and uh, uh and uh, so so this is something very interesting uh to uh, since 2014 till 2000 uh, uh, you know 18 right i almost made the similar amount okay so like there was no increment in my paycheck in that okay. sense for the only reason that uh when i when i started off with my career i was working with a hardcore commercial lawyer i transitioned into a chamber uh which was a human rights practice right so so for for good four years the kind of money i made was all approximately you know at par with each other despite there being a substantial increase in seniority or whatever whatever that you may want to call it at least mm-hmm. in experience not seniority yeah right so uh, so yeah i mean uh, sorry coming back to you know what i actually wanted to say was uh, that so you know i i kind of got into this when when people started approaching me instead of asking for a hike i requested ma'am that look please don't give me a hike okay but what you do is please allow me some time okay to sort of uh, do my own matters so for example if we were supposed to leave the office at say x time okay if i have happen to have a particular matter where say somebody needs to be briefed or something something you know is required to be done then please allow me that and i'll let you know in advance and she was very kind okay so you know she she was very kind and she said okay i have no problems you please do that if you're getting matters then you do it and this this happened in 2017 by the way okay so uh yeah i mean uh, that's that was broadly the start of you know uh, where where it came to me that maybe you know i could go independent because i was able to handle the matters independently right and uh, uh, of course there is a story as to how i ended up establishing an independent practice i'm not saying establishing i'm i'm just saying that at least laying the foundation stone for an independent practice of course there is a story after that as well so yeah i mean <laughs> no uh, i get it yeah please so, so 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 maybe that was the first part the second part that maybe i can tell you that you know how people should end up going for an independent practice uh let me take a cue from you know one of these interviews that i had uh, seen uh, you know where mr gopal sankar narayan oh, had been interviewed right so it's 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 
the show called the one take show right? yeah, i'm sure you're aware right? so, yeah. yes so so i was watching that and uh, uh, you know i saw that mr sankar narayanan is a senior counsel and very fine guy once again and uh, he's very well regarded you know at least at least in, you know i know this for a fact that people junior to him have great i'm sure that people senior to him have far greater regard but i'm i, I know this for a fact that you know he's very well regarded because he's very humble and he's very you know he talks to you in a very brilliant manner and you know i think one of the one of the reasons i got that confidence to be able to uh, you know to be able to eventually develop some sort of a practice is also on account of mr sankar narayan he has some role to play in that wow but anyway having said that having said that he said that look here uh, you know uh, don't be in a hurry to you know establish your independent practice because there is only one test and i and i stand by that and the test is that when you feel that you have enough number of clients okay and i add a little and you know maybe you have enough number of clients to you know to make you go to the court on a daily basis that's what that was his test i add something more to that which is that and when you get this feeling that you're not able to do justice to your current chamber anymore is when you should decide to leave that okay wow so so that's 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 my two prong test right that you have enough work to keep you busy okay and you you know that you know by having that work and by doing that work okay you won't be able to do justice to your current seniors uh, chambers anymore so that's that's what i feel and that could that in fact would lead to an answer to your other question that you know how many years do you think now mind you mr sankar narayanan to his own admission and he was junior to mr kk venugopal who is the current attorney general no less right so when he went independent he said that it took me 10 years wow i went independent after 4 wow. years the reasons were by and large similar okay the reasons were probably similar that you know you reach that point where people are approaching you they want to entrust you with with their respective cases and that you have some sort of uh, you know you have that idea of that you know now i'm unfortunately unable to do justice to my you know to to current sir or ma'am's uh, chambers so uh, i mean yes uh, that's 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 of course that you know that test that i feel people should apply uh in respect of the other thing that you know what all things that people should keep in mind uh you know while going independent maybe uh you know one you know when you're going independent just be sure of your finances okay because uh because you see when i say it and mr sankar narayan says is there is some difference because because when he says he says it out of his own experience i say it out of my own experience right so uh you know this this whole portion of uh, litigation you have to be sure that there is uh that that you're disciplined enough okay that you're disciplined enough you have some sort of a schedule on a daily basis because uh you know it's very easy and there is this there is this uh, you know romanticism associated with going independent right after about 3 4 years 5 years in the profession you'll find that x person is earning this much in a law firm okay and it becomes yeah. apparent by the way 
the things they carry the how you know the kind of matters they appear in all of that stuff and of course you have a general knowledge about how much a senior associate in a tier 1 firm earns so it's only natural for people to get that feeling that okay maybe i should go independent right away there's a lot of romanticism associated with it mind you the only thing is that make sure that you have enough finances because this is uh you know as one of my friends puts it uh that this is like sowing a seed for a mango tree the results are only going to become apparent after 15 20 years not before that yeah. so 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 yeah. so so while your friends are earning big bucks you you'll just have to you know sort of make your peace with the fact that you are doing work and if you like your work okay so uh, so that's uh, that's that's how i feel you know the i think these are things that i feel should be kept in mind while while you're going independent of course right again uh, this is again very right. actionable advice especially that two part test it's like a court laying down a doctrine uh, effectively so that's that's quite usable um so moving forward if mr sankar narayanan becomes uh, <laughs> if mr sankar narayanan were to become a judge i'm very sure that he's going to lay it down at some point <laughs> <laughs> of course no, i don't doubt that <laughs> um so because we are running out of time i'll quickly come to the final set of the questions that i have of course i would have loved to cover a lot more i'm really enjoying this conversation but uh, just just two more questions sir the first one is that you know you talked about how in your first practice you were working on the original side and then later on it was appeal work but someone who has just become a lawyer and he or she eventually you know wants to practice either at the supreme court level or at the high court perhaps they don't want to really go into the trial courts and yet i've often heard people say that the experience of arguing at the trial court not just the original side is very important um so what what is your opinion on this if someone eventually does want to practice at the appeal level and maybe he or she wants to work yeah. towards becoming a senior counsel also you know later on in their lives what should mm-hmm. be the trajectory for them so my view on this is that uh choose your path okay in the sense that uh, i always felt that it is better that one has an idea about the original side first okay so original side would you know it could be original side of the high court or you practicing before the trial courts because this slight difference between the two right yeah. and uh yeah. it's important that you get to know of it because there are some small nitty gritties which i feel would be very helpful to you at the appellate level okay so uh, uh you know to 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 give you some some example okay as in this was this is an actual example of a case that i was assisting my former senior with right and this was a case pertaining to a, a custodial death right so 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 you know the the so there was a writ petition that had been filed in the gujarat high court and the, it was pertaining to a custodial death and ultimately nothing came out of it and then you know they wanted to file an slp right. now unfortunately before the in the in that writ petition okay in that writ petition uh, they had not you know sort of extensively covered grounds as to how these people were found dead under suspicious circumstances now 
I, I I had a chat about this and I was working on this and I was, you know, unable to ascertain, you know, what are the grounds that one can possibly make out of this. Now, a friend of mine who had done some criminal law, okay, and I, by, back, by then I had not done enough criminal law, right? I don't say that even now I have, but then I have at least an idea about how the whole thing works. So uh, who had done some uh, criminal law and, you know, had worked on a, on a similar issue, told me about this book. Uh, uh, by book on medical jurisprudence by Modi. Okay, I don't know what's it called, KK Modi or whatever, whatever it's called, PN Modi or whatever. Now, when I went through that book, okay, the first thing that you know when I saw was that if and and you know in that matter they had said that look, uh, uh, you know uh, they had uh, they had strangled themselves, okay, against. Against something that was uh, that was there available with them, maybe the dari or something, and they had strangled. Them. So basically, the police in Gujarat had made out a case for suicide by those people. Now, uh, you know, I, I went through that entire book, okay, just to be able to go through and understand what exactly happened. So, if somebody, if you do it yourself, okay, there is a different kind of mark, okay. There's a very different kind of mark and I had a very similar expression that you have right now. Okay. Because when I read it for the first time, I had a very similar expression that you know, there is a different kind of mark because the pull is going to be very different as opposed to when somebody puts you, okay. And then tries to pull it from up. And I took that as a ground. Okay. And notice issued, of course. And by, you know, after I left the office, I was given to understand, unfortunately, I could not continue working on that case. But then I was given to understand that eventually, you know, they were granted a compensation of some 20 lakhs or so. Now, this is where, this is where it becomes very important that, you know, you have that trial experience because frankly speaking, I, you know, it was one of the first few criminal matters that I was dealing with. Okay. But, you know, at the trial level, if somebody has seen all of this, maybe, maybe seen this and, you know, because then this is what turned out to be some sort of a game changer for us at the appellate level. Yeah. Right. Give, I'll give you yeah. one more example that, you know, if you, if you've probably done something at the trial level and you know, all the stages that take place in CPC. Okay. Now for whatsoever reason, for whatsoever reason, say if one particular stage is not followed. Okay. And many people end up missing that. If you take that as a ground, you, there is there is a good likelihood that your appeal will get admitted. Okay. And at times people at the appellate level have no idea. I'm not saying everybody, everybody, uh, you know, is like that. But I'm saying that people at the appellate level at times have no idea about, you know, what has, what are those stages or what is it that has been missed out. And I know, I've, you know, I've seen that, you know, how my trial court experience at least really helps me in drafting an appeal before the high court or even an SLT for that matter. So my, so to put it in context and to sort of sum it up, I think I suggest that, you know, maybe first two years, if they can be spent at the trial level. Okay. Maybe, uh, you know, one would have that experience and then you choose, you know, whether you want to work exclusively at the appellate level or you want to work exclusively at the trial level or you want to sort of develop a practice across all the three forums, you know, at least that way you have some sort of an opportunity. Right. Because uh, Supreme Court yeah. practice is something that is really attractive. 
so is so is high court practice the only practice that is probably not that attractive is uh, the district court practice so so don't rule it out is all i say maybe maybe uh, the, the 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 viewers of this channel can uh, you know sort of uh, uh, take some cue from it and act accordingly so yeah that's that's all right so so one question that i always ask uh, people who are litigating and when they come on my channel um, because most of the viewers who watch this are primarily students um now that you are an independent counsel i'm sure you handle a lot of interns so what are your expectations mm. from an intern that when they when they joining your chamber what are some things they do that you definitely like and then what are some things that you do that that make you feel hey, this isn't working out what are what are some of your what are your thoughts on that so i'll tell you what uh, sarthak i have never considered myself to be one of those inherently talented people right so i've always believed that if at all you know if 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 people are entrusting you with their matters is probably because i'm working okay and i'm working and i'm trying to be honest with my work i'm not saying i'm hard working or i'm smart working or what is what is the deal but i'm saying i try and remain honest to my work right now that i feel is a very important quality in so far as an internship application in my office is concerned that you have to be very honest to your work sincerity and dedication and i don't look for anything beyond that i you know some uh, a lot of times uh, the colleges end up approaching me and then they ask that sir you know do you have some preference that you want a fourth year or a fifth year or a third year or a second year i said that look if learning has to happen it will happen at every level because and i know this for a fact because i am somebody who who ended up working with an aor in the very first year which was which to a lot of people seemed very surprising but i know that you know there was enough work in that office and i ended up doing a lot of good work lot of good work i'm not saying that i and immediately after that i did trial work of course so i feel that as long as these three qualities are intact uh i don't think uh, there should be any impediment with and you know in so far as my office is concerned i generally try and not take more than two interns right because that way uh, you know i can sort of give them personal attention i can speak to them and they are treated like you know uh, they are treated like junior colleagues so you're not an intern in that sense because uh, you know one would in at least in my office one would end up doing some sort of drafting maybe prepare preparing a note maybe preparing you know everything that that uh, that somebody uh, that that another junior colleague would be expected to do i think the interns in my office get that opportunity of course depending upon uh, you know how how much they are able to grasp and you know what is the uh, what is their attitude towards the work that is being entrusted to them so that is something that is of course with respect to my expectation uh in res- uh, in response to that other uh, other question that you asked that you know what are the things that uh, uh, that sort of put you off right so my only suggestion is that look uh you know make sure that you read up about me okay if me or anybody for that matter just just you know end up reading reading up about their practice do that research so i i i take you back to that you know that that uh, thing that i had spoken to you about it's like one of those things that uh, stand up comics like to do it's called callback callback okay right so so uh, so yeah i mean uh, 
do your research if you're interested in this person's practice okay please go ahead and you know make your application accordingly now if you come to me and say sir i am interested in uh, um, i don't know uh, tax laws okay and i feel that your chamber will give me a great opportunity okay to do amazing work in tax laws the problem with that approach is that my office doesn't do any tax matters i don't i have never worked on a single tax matter till date right now this is the situation today and neither do i claim to be a tax lawyer so there is no point that you know you waste your time and mine in this entire process and maybe the second part is that you know if you approach somebody uh, uh, you know in uh, on linkedin just make that attempt to at least go through their profiles because there i have had people you know contacting me on linkedin saying sir we want internship excellent and you know they'll say that you know after we want internship they'll say that you know this is this is xyz reason that i want to intern i said okay you one thing uh, uh please uh, make an application to to the relevant email address and i'll uh, i'll i'll consider that the pat comes the next question sir what is your email id now the problem is that if you do that very basic research it's available you just need to look at it okay and it is the case and this is not only with me this is a case with a lot of people okay students for for some reason they don't end up going through the entire profile so they don't have the benefit then there are people who somehow get, catch hold of my number and they message me you know that sir we are looking for internship and then you know depending on 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 that particular day you know i would respond at times there is some delay at my end of course so there are people who come back to me with the same message we want internship and then they you know sort of uh, put it and then they put a question mark in the next message no reply question mark so you know no response question mark and that is something that really infuriates me because i am not obligated to answer every every oh, message that i receive so 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 one finds it very very difficult and and maybe the third aspect is that you know it's it's conceivable that for somebody who's as forgetful as i am maybe i miss out on not responding to you for either of the two reasons that one i've seen your application but i've forgotten to respond or maybe because i have just not had the time to apply my you know to apply myself to your application either way you know give it say about 7 10 days if you do not get a response you write a reminder email nobody is going to kill you for that nobody is going to reprimand you if somebody who is reprimanding you for something as simple as that then don't go and intern with them no matter how great they are simple because because that human touch is always going to be required and at least in this side of the profession you please be assured that that human touch is required so yeah i mean uh, that's uh, Great. That's that's about it. Great, great, uh, wonderful. So, sir, just final question, and this is something that I ask everyone who's ever been on my show, uh, because I get all my learnings mostly from books. You know, I really enjoy reading, and I did see yes. earlier before I, I requested you to come slightly closer to the camera. There was a really neat looking bookshelf behind you. So, I just want to know, you know, what what have you been reading, and if you have any suggestions for all our viewers, it could be anything. so uh, you know sarthak uh, so the bookshelf that you see is because uh, uh, my wife is a bibliophile right and okay. uh, uh, 
and you know we 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 keep having fights as regards her part of the shelf and we my part of the shelf because uh i like to read books pertaining to political science history and uh, you know uh, fictions oh, sorry non fictions okay and she is very fond of everything under the sun and she is very fond of fictions right so this 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 uh, bookshelf that you see has been divided into two parts <laughs> the first part is mostly fiction part is mostly non fiction and i my favorite genre i believe is autobiographies of legal luminaries right i i really like to read them i am very fond of them but my wife introduced me to this very interesting book and i've been reading it for some time now right it's called the last maharani it is based on it it it's it, it's by chitra uh, chitra devarukuni right okay. and uh, it's 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 been written it's she is the last maharani in the sense that uh, or the last queen i think it's called it's called the last queen right so she is the youngest uh, uh, queen of maharaja ranjit singh and this uh, uh, you know this whole story has been narrated from her point of view i see you know what is it what all things did she have to come across what were the hurdles etc etc and that you know because maharaja ranjit singh this is the last point this is the last time that kohinoor was ever seen in india after that it was taken away by the british so you know and she is the only person who claims that this kohinoor was supposed to be given to the jagannath temple in puri mm. so that is so you know it's been written from her perspective and it's a very wonderful book it's it's one of the most beautiful fictions that i've ever come across lovely so this great recommendation sir and i think with so, this we can oh sorry you were saying something No, no. I think that's that's pretty much about it. Uh, <laughs> okay, wonderful. No, wonderful. And I think with this we can uh, sort of wrap today's conversation. It was an absolute pleasure, Mayank sir, to speak with you, and I had so much fun. I wish we can, you know, we wish we could go on for long, but we do have to stop at some point. Otherwise, the viewers are going. To... <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> but thank you so much for taking the time out and speaking with me. I really had a lot of fun uh, talking with you and i hope the same goes for you <laughs> thank you so much i really had a lot of fun i think i've discussed my law school after a very long time and uh, i really had a lot of fun talking with you sarthak and to be fair i as i told you earlier i i do follow your channel and uh, i i really like uh, you know i i i can easily say that i have been a fan of the channel so I mean, <laughs> it's so it's it's really a pleasure to coming on the same channel where I follow and maybe I I can see myself at no uh, some day. <laughs> so. That's so kind of you, sir. That's so kind of you. And I think with this, I will stop recording. Then, thank you once again. <laughs>